am one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spooky movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting podcasts that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hello there, this is Katie. And hi there, I'm Brittany. And this is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast. Hi, it's Grindhouse yes. Girls Podcast. Yes, um, it's episode Hello. 69, not trying to be dirty, just 69, and we are covering... Uzumaki or Spiral from the year 2000. Not the Chris Rock Spiral and not the one on Shudder. The Japanese uh, horror, body horror, based on a manga one. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. There's so yes. many Spiral movies, that one. by the way. I did not realize. There's yeah. like three different ones out there. I think that's why this one is usually listed under its uh, Japanese sh- name of Yusumaki, so there, it mm-hmm. avoids confusion. Is why I think yeah. they did that. Yes. Did um? How are you doing this week, Britt? I'm I'm okay. I cannot complain. How are you this week, Katie? Um, we just got done with um our, a holiday weekend, which it's never long enough, but it was it was nice. Yeah. We took the puppies on a on a hike. And uh, a mini hike, not a big hike. Aww. And my mom made ribs at her house. And uh, ribs are delicious. I don't have them very often. But when I do, they are absolutely delicious. Um, mm. How about you? You got to go to the, the lake this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. So my um, my boss at my old job, I'm, I'm very close to her and I love her very much. She's very sweet. Uh, she actually lives on the lake. Uh, we just hung out, um, did some tubing, rode on the boat. Uh, my nephew was with us and that was great. Friday, my nephew's also in the band at his local high school. So we did see him march. And I, everyone kept making fun of me because I don't really know a lot about football. So I just kept clapping when our side of the bleachers clapped i'm like oh something <laughs> happened so hey uh, i'm doing fantasy yeah. football and i have no idea what i'm doing so i feel you but uh enough about football um it sounds like everybody had a good weekend we hope you guys had a good weekend too i do have some housekeeping um because okay. we had the most important thing is there was a lot of uh glitchiness on my end of the recording for some reason last week so i had to re-record a bunch of stuff um luckily it was my end because i remembered what i said but if it had been britson i don't know what we would have done but uh i so if it sounds weird um last week's episode it's because i had to re-record stuff and so it may just sound a little awkward um also it was kind of long because we basically we said we were going to just mention Candyman, and then I kind of went off on the original Candyman uh, for much too long, but it was an interesting discussion. So, um, also, we kept calling Burke Sherman. I did it several times. We did catch ourselves eventually, but I just want to apologize. The character is Burke, the other character is Sherman, but they are intermingled. So, um, and the YouTube channel that I got the review from that I was mentioning is called Pay or Wait. I think I said it. But it was on the part where my voice was cutting out, so it was harder. Um, Also, uh, when this episode airs, I do want to say it's my little brother's birthday. Happy birthday, John. And he does listen to the podcast, yes. 
Um, he and my whole family uh, watched House with me when we did House and were really fun to watch it with. And he actually is the reason I picked Uzumaki because it was on the list of whatever movie I picked last time uh, on when I did First Love. It was like the runner up. But he asked for it for his birthday, the manga. And I was like, hey, maybe maybe I should do it this week. So it reminded me of it, which is why I picked it. So happy birthday, John. Love you. Thank you for being supportive Aww. of your sister. But that's all the housekeeping I had. Did you have any housekeeping? I didn't. I didn't. Um, did you watch anything good this week, this past week? You know, I actually really watched only like two new movies. Um, but I did finish a couple, I finished Brand New Cherry Flavor on Netflix. I really liked it. It, There's a lot of body horror in it. So if you like Uzumaki, it's right up your alley. Um, highly recommend it's on Netflix. Um, I feel like it's not getting a whole lot of attention, which makes me kind of sad. Because I saw a commercial for it and I put it on my watch list. And then I kind of forgot about it until a friend mentioned it. And I was like, oh, I should watch that. And I really liked it. Um, And then, okay, this is not horror related at all. But I started watching The Good Place last year during uh, quarantine. And they only had the first three seasons on Netflix. So they've had the the last season, the fourth season, on for a while. And I haven't watched it. But I finally watched it this weekend. And I bawled my eyes out at the... Uh, the finale it was so well done um and it's one of those shows where it starts out the premise is so silly and like but it as it goes on and michael shore who is mose from the office and who also created parks and rec and several shows now i think he's also did brooklyn 99 i want to say maybe anyway maybe not um but michael shore does a lot of tv now um and he created this and there's all this like philosophical debate in it and like about the afterlife and about what makes a good person what makes a bad person and there's comedy throughout the whole thing but like it really just makes you think about like death and life and all that stuff and like what's important is it being successful making money or is it spending time with the people you love and you know how like how little selfish acts can like add up to you being like turn you into a very selfish person and or like little like how any no one's irredeemable is basically like i think the overall the all over point have you have you seen it i've seen the first three seasons yeah and i really i need to catch up on the fourth season because i really actually did like the first three seasons a lot so i think the i think there's only like 10 episodes of the last season maybe it's not a lot. Maybe 13. It, it's not, it goes really quickly. Because all of a sudden I was like, oh my god, we're at the finale. So that's the other thing. is like It went by really quickly. That's why I could watch it like in a weekend. Um, I recommend it. it. I did ball my eyes out for the finale. Um, but the, I'm, I'm sensitive. Um, but I finally also watched Slumdog Millionaire. Which I really liked. <gasps> yeah, it's really cute. <laughs> I do think... I feel like watching it so many years after everyone... like. After it was new, because I know so much about it, just from, like, it being in pop culture. Like, I wasn't as blown away as I think I probably would have been if I had watched it when it originally came out. But I really liked it. It's really weird seeing Dev Patel that young, because he looks... He is, like... I know! His facial structure's changed he a lot. He was only 18! I he know. He was only 18 in that And movie. he was on Skins yeah. before that, apparently, so... 
which I haven't yeah. watched Skins, but I know about it. But, um, yeah, I thought it was really good. I mean, I liked Danny Boyle, so it was really good. And I liked the little Bollywood dance at the end, but it was kind of silly. Yes, but I was I like, know. It's funny because, like, I'm barely a year older than Dev Patel, but it's weird to think. I saw Slumdog Millionaire in theaters when I was 19 years old. Uh-huh. And I saw it in January because I remember going with our friend Peter and our friend mm-hmm. Rachel. And we went and saw this movie because I was like, it's getting all kinds of Oscar buzz. And nothing really has changed in the years since I've seen that movie because that's me every January. I'm like, we have to see this movie before yeah. the Oscars. Um, but of it's course. weird to think that Deb Patel was a whole year younger than me in that movie. So he was literally 18 when they did that movie. He's like I'm a like, baby. Oh my God. Like, he looks like a baby. He's a baby. Yes. Like, he looks so young. And I mean, he's not that. I mean, I guess it's. It's, what, 10 years? But still, it doesn't seem like it's that much, like, that far away. Like, And maybe it's because he now has, like, facial hair most of the time. I think that's a big part of it, too. He, that beard I ages him exactly a lot. I think that's exactly what it is. And his, his hair is, like, really, really grown out, too. Yeah. So he has, like, kind of, like, that lusher, curly yes. hair now. Um, he has kind of a baby face when he shaves. He's got quite the baby face. And, he, I mean, he was so good in The Green Knight. And, again, like, I didn't really like... He's a character I would traditionally dislike a lot, but the way he portrays him just makes me, like, just be like, oh, I just love his performance. He's just so good. I just really like him. Um, but I thought it was very, like, it's, parts of it are very sad. I didn't, like, cry or anything, but I really liked it. I liked that it has, like, a little happy ending. I was like, that was nice. It was kind of like train spotting, where it's, like, it's got, like, a happy, like, weird happy ending. Uh, where something terrible happens, say, but then something good happens. I will say real quick, it's really funny. So I've probably seen Slumdog Millionaire a handful of times, probably at least five or six times. And the first time I watched it with Taylor, the whole thing he took away from that movie is Benjamin Franklin. Like, that's like, that part hit him like a ton of bricks. Because you remember, you remember, it's it's the the singing, the singing child. And he's like, Joe, oh, you're a yeah. good guy now. Yeah. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah, Taylor, that, like, devastated Taylor. So that's, like, oh. the part of the movie he always remembers the most when he thinks. As soon as you oh. say Slumdog Millionaire, he says, Benjamin Franklin. So. I love the part where he jumps in shit and then runs yeah. to this guy. Um, The only other thing I watched, though, was Paprika, which um, I thought was really cute. It was really cute. I definitely like Perfect Blue better personally mm-hmm. but i see why more people like paprika um but very confusing storyline especially when kind you're of like inception yeah oh that was the thing. yes i'm glad you said that because i was like did inception steal their plot from paprika and did black swan steal the plot from perfect blue was this director just having the plot stolen all over the place also i found out because somebody else was covering i can't remember what the podcast was i think it was stuff you should know maybe it was either stuff you should know our last podcast on the left said something about perfect blue and about darren aronofsky buying the rights because remember my bathroom story where yeah. the girl popped out of the bathroom he never yes. finished buying the rights he started to know. he never did so he doesn't technically own them so mm-hmm. that lady i'm sorry bathroom lady you were wrong but i'm glad i didn't know it at the time because she got to have her moment in the sun so yeah. It's good. I still, I was going to watch Millennium Actress, but you said it made you cry, and I didn't feel like crying. So, I will try to watch that next week. Anyways, but that's what I watched. Did you watch anything good? 
Yeah, um, not as much, and I may not be remembering. The two main things is that, uh, so Taylor finally got to watch uh, for the first time um, Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, oh, yeah, I liked that one. I, I, I love Cap, so he's one of my favorite uh, Marvel characters. So I was like, Taylor's like talking about Captain America, and I was like, do you not know about Captain America? Did you never watch Captain America, the first Avenger? He's like, no, I haven't. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, we're going to correct that. So uh, we watched that. Um, we also um, watched uh, the first episode of American Crime Story Impeachment last night. So Okay, I haven't watched it yet. Is it good? Mm-hmm. I like it. No, but I will say this. I love the People versus O.J. Simpson, and I like Versace uh, just as much, if not more. Um, so this series, this this is very interesting because, um, honestly, we were actually alive um, for, we actually been alive for all the American crime stories. So we were just kids uh, during these events. So we were kids during the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Um, so there's a lot of people introduced in this first episode that I'm not quite caught up on. So I was wikiing them last night going, who's this person? Who's this person? Who's this person? So it's very, very interesting to know the tip of the iceberg about something and watch a TV show dive in deeper. Um, all yeah. the actors in it are really good so far. I'm really yeah. enjoying all the actors. Apparently Sarah Paulson, though, wore a fat suit to play Linda Tripp. And now she's, like, apologizing because she was kind of fat shaming people by doing oh, that. Oh, I didn't know that. I, yeah. I think she looks like... I think... As Linda Tripp, she's very believable looking. I didn't feel like, oh my god, that character like is over. I don't think I would have known that bit of information if you haven't said if you hadn't said it to me. I would have had no well, idea. I think she kind of went ahead and was like, "I feel bad about wearing a fat suit now," but I mean, Sarah Paulson is such an intricate part of those series. Um, mm-hmm. which I don't know what she was. She may not have been in Versace, though. I don't remember she was in Versace. I don't remember her in Versace. If she yeah. was, she's a very big part. Yeah, but I really Darren liked Chris, Versace. Like, yeah, Darren Chris, Chris like was, ran that shit. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. I think it was interesting enough to keep my attention. Um, I didn't feel the need to like look at my phone while I was watching this. Yeah. So the only time I looked at my phone was on commercial breaks to try to read up on the characters that the actors were portraying because yeah, honestly I knew some I just, people did not know everyone yeah I hope people are just like kind to Monica Lewinsky because like they really villainized that poor lady yeah I'm definitely not saying that helping someone commit adultery is a good thing but in this case I feel like she bore the brunt of it and was made fun of in an unfair way when she wasn't the one that was married. So it kind of seemed like she got all the blame when, you know, it takes two to tango. Also, Bill Clinton allegedly can be very predatory and is eerily charming, is the reports I've heard. So I don't really know if it was a coercion or it was consensual it's always been a little confusing on that front. I will say this as before we continue on to our movie. So she was only 22 at the time. And she yeah. is serving as, I think, as a producer on this show. So I love oh, that good. she's kind of able to take the wills. And the story, I mean, she worked. So Bernie Philstein, uh, who plays Monica, who's Jonah Hill's little sister. But she's a great actress yeah. in her own right. She was in Booksmart. I love Booksmart. 
She's uh, really but good. She, um, she worked very closely with Monica to really get Monica down. And so I feel like I do really like that. I think what it all boils down to is Monica Lewinsky was 22 years old and very naive. Yes. And who isn't naive when they're 22 years old? Definitely, definitely. I'm glad you're watching it because I want to watch it soon too. So anyways, but that's that's enough movie news, I guess. Um, Are we ready to talk about the movie? Yeah, let's let's go ahead. We're talking again, guys, on Yusumaki, also known as Spiral. That's this English tile. Uh, it's currently streaming on Amazon Prime. It is. It is streaming on Amazon Prime with English subtitles. So, Uzumaki was originally, just to, to, to intro you into this, because I had heard of this movie, and I had heard of the manga, but... I hadn't read or watched either one. Um, but it's a very interesting film because it's based on the manga by Junji Ito, or Ito, um, who is, like, basically, like, the godfather of horror manga. Um, he's very prolific, and he's still kicking, and he's actually working with Toonami to adapt the manga into a miniseries. Um, but it's only going to be a four-part miniseries, and it's a twenty-chapter book. So, yeah, I'm a little. I'm like, maybe you should do one per chapter, but whatever, it's fine. I don't know. Maybe they have a plan. I've seen the um, the trailer for it. It's very confusing. It's almost like under animated, and I don't know if that's gonna be a good adaptation because I heard he had some other yeah. things adapted, and people hated them. So what I think it is is that it's it's entirely in black and white. So it's going to be it's almost like the comic itself is moving. I think it's the idea they're going for, um, which I think is kind of interesting. It's kind of cool that they decided to do that. So I actually um, I told you, Katie, I was like I watched this movie years ago, and I thought mm-hmm. that I remembered it being pretty close to the manga, but I hadn't read the manga in its entirety. Um, I rectified that this past week, um, so I was able to find Yusumaki, and it's 20 chapters, yes, but they're pretty short chapters, um, Mm -hmm. so I want to say maybe about 8 to 10 pages each, so I felt like it was a pretty fast read, maybe like 12, 12, 14 pages, but it's more like short stories that happen within the Mm -hmm. town, and it's like the lead character, Kiri, is involved in all of them, but it's almost like different things that happen to different residents in the town. So, um, I can see maybe why. It could be with the episodes they decide to cut some of the characters or some of the chapters. Because it's kind of like how the movie was. I feel like there there was a lot of characters cut from the manga. But the movie was still pretty coherent. Um, yeah. Even with the cuts. So, sorry. I didn't mean to take away from you. but just No, no. That's, that's great yeah. information. No, that's really great information. Yeah. I also found it very interesting... Um, yeah, I was researching it in, and there's not a lot of information on this movie. It seemed yeah. very underground. Part of that, I think, has to do with the director, Higuchinsky, who is ethnically Japanese, but he was born in the Ukraine, and he is notoriously reclusive, and there's basically no confirmed photos of him in circulation, mm. which is weird. And he hasn't done a lot of projects. Um, apparently, he's been working on, like, video game 
adaptations and things like that. There were apparently two video games based on this movie, um, but they weren't uh, released in the United States anywhere other than Japan. It was, like, for, like, a very obscure gaming console. So there's that. He did do a TV adaptation of Nagayume called Long Dream, which a lot of actors in this movie were actually, like, did that one as well. Tokyo 10 plus 1 and Echo Echo Azarak. And pretty much that's all he has on his IMDb. But again, he's in Reclusive, so he could be one of these people who has a different name that he goes by and has done other stuff. Because it seemed weird, because he, he put a lot of effort into this movie, and I really like the way the movie looks, and I like the direction of it. Um, the other issue is that the manga wasn't finished when they made this movie. Yeah. So they only focused on, I think, chapters like 1 through 7, and then chapter 20. Yeah, so that's exactly what it was. So they, they But they cut out a lot of details um, for some of these characters, too. But I guess... My understanding is maybe some of the special effects, even if they were done practical, like even if they had decided to do practical effects instead of special effects, would have probably been very hard to achieve. Because as we know, yeah, there's 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 things that are a lot easier to convey in the comic format, and then bringing that to yeah. life is a lot harder. Um, yes. and we'll get into that because there's there's a character specifically that um, it is fucking horrifying what happens to him in the manga. Um, and I wish they had done it in the movie, but I feel like I understand why they didn't do it in the movie. But we'll get into that. Yeah. So. Well, and I do feel like a lot of that. My cons are more of that, but I will say mm-hmm. this movie's only about an hour and forty minutes. And I feel like it's such a bizarre film in the best way possible um, that you would lose people if you had too many details and too many characters. I think you would have lost a lot of things. I think it's very easy to do that in a serial format. But I don't think it's easy to do and still keep the movie pretty short. So I think it was actually a, a pro on the director's side to kind of just pick and choose which stories? Mm-hmm. Because apparently, and I've read about the manga, and I've looked at a lot of the sample pages, but I wasn't able to find it to read yet. Um, but I'll have to read it afterwards. But um, it sounds like a lot of them are, like, things all happening simultaneously in the town, but little, like, snippets of different people's um, realities and um, experiences with the Uzumaki curse. Which is interesting. Yeah. And apparently Junji Ito, I've heard of a lot of his mangas. Like, Tomie was made into a series of films. Mold, um, yeah. There's oh also Gyo, which is apparently is also one of his more famous ones. And then the other one that people talk about is the Enigma of Amigira Fault. I'm, I definitely will watch the miniseries because I'm interested in it now after watching the movie. I will say I was trying to remember why I knew his name because I hadn't read his manga yet. So he actually was helping Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro um, come up with the story and visuals for the Silent Hills game that was starring Norman Reedus that they unfortunately canceled. But he ended up lending his likeness along with Guillermo del Toro to Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding, which ended up being his next project when Silent Hills got scrubbed. Anyways, enough about video games. Um, I guess we should do a little... Did you have anything else before we go into synopsis? Did you have anything else you want to kind of tell? 
everybody so about, about the movie? No. Um. So we'll we'll get into. I think I may do some light comparisons with the manga as we get into the plot, but nothing too crazy. I did mm-hmm. just want to give a shout out to um, the screenplay was by Takayo Nikta, uh, mm-hmm. who wrote Buyuden, uh, as well as Bloody Night A Go Go. Um, I thought it was very interesting. Ooh. He passed away on seven seven two thousand seven. So sadly, he is Ooh. no longer with us. But um. I thought it was interesting, 7-7-2007. Um, but yeah. he was the script writer. Of course, he oh, did uh, adapt this from the Yusumaki manga, or manga. Um, and also, it had a supervising screenwriter, which I thought was very, very interesting, because mm-hmm. you don't see that credit too often. Um, but the supervising screenwriter was Kenjo Kaji, um, who ended up writing um, screenplays for the Wolverine TV miniseries, along with some Marvel anime what? and Iron Man, Iron Man stuff. So it's like he was a supervising screenwriter and ended up writing a lot for Marvel animations, which I thought was really interesting. So I didn't even know they had a miniseries for Wolverine. Yep. Um, so with that, we are going to quickly say a synopsis and then kind of get into the story and characters and then we'll kind of do some some uh ratings and final thoughts um i will say if you don't want spoilers you probably shouldn't listen after the synopsis um so uzumaki or spiral is a story following several citizens of the town of karozo cho um which coincidentally means black vortex town very creepy yes um, told through the eyes of Kyrie and her boyfriend, when her boyfriend's father becomes obsessed with the spiral-like patterns, or uzumaki, on snail shells, it begins a series of strange, uh, concurring events in this tiny, isolated town that no one can stop once it starts. So, we're going to say spoilers. Yeah. If that sounds creepy and cool for you. Right, Brett? Yes. Yes, exactly. So, guys, um, at this point, uh, move on over to the next marker if you don't want anything spoiled. Once again, um, we recommend uh, watching Uzumaki. Uh, Again, it is on Amazon Prime. Just say if you dig around online, you probably can find the original manga to read, too. Um, It's also in print. Yes, or you can purchase it too. I know they just came out with a special edition uh, with all three volumes and one um, one graphic novel. So I mean, it's it's well worth the buy. Um, um, but in three, two, one, we are officially in spoiler mode. So Katie, would you like to do honor hey. and open up with the uh, beginning of the movie? Sure, and we'll go through the characters as they come. Although I will yeah. say, there's a couple characters that I could they never said their names. Yeah. And I therefore could not figure out which actor portrayed them. So if you have questions about people who are in this movie, please look up the IMDb. But even one of them, I clicked on them and they were actually in a different spiral movie. And I was like, I don't know if it's a mistake by IMDb or if they just were in both of them. So please forgive us if we mix up actors and characters because there's a few minor characters that they don't say their names basically so with that we are going to start kind of going through our story um so chapter one it is in three different chapters is premonition we meet our heroine kyrie played by eriko hatsune who was an emperor gotcha man norwegian wood and long dream which is by the same director of this movie um Rather, we really meet her eye as she explains that she's going to tell us the story of the strange happenings in her hometown of Kurozo Cho, which means apparently Black Vortex Town, according to Wikipedia, which 
makes sense once you finish the movie. Right, Britt? Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> um, it gets really Lynchy in here. There's a lot of David Lynch influence and also a movie that we covered a few months ago, House, which I loved. I was obsessed with it. I think, Britt, you really liked House, too. But really? I just, I so it's it's very Lynchian with like her eye because it goes into her eye much like the ear in Blue Velvet, which is another movie we did. Um, and y- it as we're transitioning into the story she's going to tell us, um, we flash back and see a young man, um, his corpse with blood everywhere at the foot of a spiral staircase, and it you know spirals around and opens up, and you're like, okay, well this is dark awesome it kind of starts with his face so it's it i got a lot of, there's a lot of body horror in here too like to rival cronenberg by the way it's it's so interesting because the beginning reminds me so much of the opening of house and i don't think that is a mistake i think i think it's an homage because there's like the same kind of car that the guy falls into in house that she passes the little vw beetle um she's skipping there's, like, kooky music going on and very strange editing because, basically, Kiri, Kiri is um, kind of skipping, lollygagging through the town, going to school. She's like, oh, shit, I'm late. And she's running, and it's she's, like, happy. And there's this random guy, which I could not figure out what this character's name was. Uh, it, is Yam- it is Yamaguchi. Um, okay. I cannot remember if I wrote down the actor who played Yamaguchi. Um, but interesting enough, so uh, Yamaguchi is kind of like this character. He has a crush on Kiri. Um, and I thought it was interesting reading the manga. He is a seventh grader, so he's a couple years younger than she is. Okay, in the manga, that makes it but less he's creepy. He's just as obsessive. Yeah, in the movie, he looks almost older than her. And but yeah. he's almost like he's very immature. So he. Like, literally, she's, she's like, trying to get to class, and he jumps out and he goes, surprise! Be my girlfriend, basically. And, like, out of fucking nowhere. And she's just like, what the fuck? Leave me alone. Bye. And as she's running, she passes a wanted poster for Junji oh, Ito. Oh, real quick. Really uh, Sada, Sadado Abe uh, plays Yamaguchi. So I did want to cool. give a shout out to him. Continue. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's fine. There was just there's a cute little Easter egg where Junji Ito was on a wanted poster as this uh, mm-hmm. officer yells at the children. Um, so then she comes to her, to her actual boyfriend. It's it's one of those things like they're childhood best friends. There's a romance there, but I don't think they're official yet. But, like, basically everyone's like, yeah, no, y'all are basically a couple. Like, shut the fuck up. Stop it. Um, And first, before she meets her boyfriend, she sees Toshio Saito, his father, um, played by Ren Osugi, um, who's a very prolific actor who I think died in 2018. But he was in audition. He was also in Dead or Alive. So he did two Takashi Miki Miki movies right before he did this movie in 2000, because those were, like, 99. Um, so he was in Shall We Dance, which I know they adapted, um, but the original movie always looked really cute, and I never really went to see the Richard Gere version, frankly. Um, and he was also in Shin Godzilla before he passed away. Um, so Mr. Saito is, like, videotaping snails pretty obsessively, and she's like, oh, hi, how are you? And it's, like, her, uh, her childhood friend's dad, like, probably a, a, a extra parent to her, and he just, like, doesn't even, like, notice her. And she's just like, uh, okay, and so she meets Suchi, um, Saito, who's played by Five Fan, who really hasn't done that much. He's done three things on IMDb called IU the Red Shoes and Soli Noir, and then this movie. 
And I will say, if I'm going to say a negative, it kind of shows that he and um, Kiri's actors, it's one of their first roles. It shows. Yeah. There's there's a big yeah. disparaging disparity between their acting and, um, like, Ren Osugi's acting. And uh, even, like, um, Mrs. Saito, Yuki, like, a lot stronger because they were all a little more um, experienced. But it's just interesting because, like, it kind of, like, they kind of make it work because of the fact that um, Sushi is kind of, like, he's kind of a shell of a person. And she kind of comments on how withdrawn he seems. And a lot of people say that. And a lot of people are just like, oh, he's stressed out because he's about to take his final exams and he, he really wants to get into a good university. But it, there's a lot more stuff going on in his family life. But that's kind of like, I think it works in that way. And the editing style is very jarring and at times almost comedic. And I think that's purposeful. And I think that kind of works for Kiri too. Um, In some parts she's really good. And in some parts, like, there's this one part where she does like a fake yawn and it's very weird. Um, But it also reminds me of House because it's almost purposefully kind of silly and not taking itself too seriously at the beginning. It gets serious towards the end, but the beginning's kind of silly. Um, Also, I have to say this, they start riding on the bicycle, and okay, so I was, I watched this maybe a few times, and I kept rewinding this scene because this music sounds so familiar, and I swear I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole right now um, and tell you that there is a song from House um that plays that sounds almost exactly like this song like the same chord progressions um the same feeling similar instruments and i don't know if it's an homage or if it's like a music theft i don't know it's not exactly the same but it sounds so similar okay so here is the music from house And it's called In the Evening Mist. And here's the music from Uzumaki called Bicycle. So they're not like totally the same, but they're so similar. It has to be an homage, right? They sound a little similar. I can understand they both have that like sleepy, it's like sunset feel to them. But see, also I've seen enough slice of life anime where it's like right. oh, the sun setting, and it does feel like they typically use like those soft pianos. Also, when the sun sets, I feel like well, that's kind of a common thing I see a lot in anime. Um, What's well, the chord? But they do that sound similar. Me. Like they definitely have yeah. the same feeling. I would say. Both are available on YouTube if you want to listen to them. Um, So I would highly suggest if you're a music person and you really like listening to 
the differences or the similarities. It was a rabbit hole I went down last night. I kept rewinding and being like, am I crazy? But um, I didn't play that much of it. But, uh, yeah, it's very similar. But it's kind of this, like, adorable little, like, happy bike ride. Um, And as Kiri's, like, kind of telling him, like, oh, you seem kind of withdrawn. Are you okay? He just, like, proposes an elopement to her. Yeah. And then he's like, I mean, no, that's crazy. You're right. Um, Anyways, uh, life's kind of getting me down. My father's kind of worrying me. And then he's like, okay, time to go. It's like, uh, uh, okay. All right. Um, It's very interesting. And then Kiri um, goes home. Yeah. Yeah, and I liked in the manga um, because... And we know that they go to different high schools in the movie adaptation, too, because we know the uniforms are a little bit different. Like, Suichi's mm-hmm. uniform is definitely more, like, he he is definitely more put together, while Kiri has more of a casual look. But um, in the manga, he mentions, he's like, when I go through the tunnel, something's wrong with this town. Because he's like, when I go through the tunnel and I'm back home in this town... My head gets light and everything seems piercing. So Su- Suichi automatically knows something is off about the town. Um, and yes. then, of course, his father becoming uh, what he becomes. Um, and what yeah. starts to happen to his dad just kind of signifies, like, all of his fears that something is off about their hometown. Yes, yes. Um, and it's so Kiri goes home. Oh, you go on. Yeah. I was going to say, she does stop by the grocer who gives her a fancy melon. To celebrate the fact mm-hmm. that her dad won a pottery contest because her dad is a potter. Yes. Uh, which is kind of cool. And her dad's played by Taru Suwa, who was also in Shin Godzilla, Dark Water, and Battle Royale. So he, yes. he's, he's been in some like big cross, like movies that have actually crossed over into American culture. Um, and they I remade Dark Royale. Water, which I heard. Yeah, I heard uh, Dark Water is not. The remake's not awful, but not great. But the original apparently is very good, which it's been on our list, too. We just haven't done it yet. Um, and yeah. his, his name is Yasua. Uh, and he's talking to Mr. Saito, which this scene yeah. is very bizarre, but awesome. I really like this scene. Yeah, and basically he's just, because he's a potter, you know, uh, Sweet Cheese Dad wants a, a pot with a true Yuxtamaki pattern on it. And so he's filming... Um, He's filming Mr. Goshima as he works, too. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, it's obviously there's something off with him, but Kiri kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, they're just, you know, dad, dad, and Suichi's dad, you know. Um, but she does fix well, that melon from the He also so- says, I think it's, I'm sorry, but it's just so important in that scene that he is like, what he says is like, poetry is the truest art form with the best Uzumaki. And then he commissions that platter. And he gets really close. He still has his video camera sucked into his face. And he gets really close for comfort. And it starts out kind of normal. And then he almost knocks over Yasua. um, Which is very strange. But yes, continue. Then they go to dinner. Yeah. And so she just fixes that free melon. um, And they have a good night. And it's obvious. So this is another thing that's interesting. So um, in the, the manga, Kiri does have a mother and a younger brother. Um, and they decided oh. uh, probably to have less characters. Yeah. So probably to have or, less characters they did. Or are they trying to copy House again because widowed artist father again. And she goes to her room and like flips through her photographs again. 
I just, there's a lot of references. In the beginning, it completely doesn't do that towards the end. But the beginning, I was very much like, are we just copying House with different characters? It's very interesting. Um, so she, that night she does reminisces on the friendship between her and Suichi that they've had since childhood. Um, and it's very sweet. Um, and she even, um, is excited about the idea of eloping. She does love him, but she's like, everything in good time. Uh, you know, she's like, I'm gonna make you wait. Uh, so the next day, Yamaguchi once again scares Kiri and her friend while they're at school. Um, and there is mm-hmm. a very weird part. So he scares him and she, her friend's like, you know, Kiri always has, already has a boyfriend and they're talking. And I don't know if you caught this, Katie. I thought it was weird the first time around. And then the second time around is even weirder. So they're walking for the halls and she, her friend is giving her advice on what to do if Yamaguchi comes again. And there's all these kids mm-hmm. standing around despondent. They're just like, there's like yeah. seven kids in the hallway, and I still don't understand why it was so like they just walked by their classmates that are not they're, moving. They're getting, I think they're slowly becoming cursed, and yeah, maybe they're not noticing it. Maybe I don't yeah. know, but that's definitely a thing that a lot of people have mentioned is like one of the first signs of there's something not right in this town. Um, by the way, um, Shio Ishikawa is her friend. And she's played by Asumi Miwa, who's in Juon the Curse. Not the Grudge, the Curse. So I assume, mm-hmm. I think it's a miniseries. Okay. And Appleseed and Ikisudama. I liked her. I actually think the best friend was a little better of a performer than Kiri. Yeah. Like, she was a little more... I can agree with that. ...sure of herself. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah, then something really gross happens. Yeah, so we, we see what we see at the beginning of the movie, which is one of their classmates, uh, Miyasaki, uh, falls to his death. And so he just, like, they're walking up the stairs, and there's just this body that just falls and cracks yeah. um, at the bottom of the spiral staircase. And he's so. the guy from the beginning that you see, too. So you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. It's very pretty. Like, the design is cool, because there's, like, a spiral pattern on the floor that he's on top mm-hmm. of, and then there's, like, the spiral staircase. But it's really disturbing. And they go to the bathroom. And I don't know. Is this just like your favorite part? Because this is one of my favorite parts. Is they're oh, in the, the bathroom. Floating? Yeah. They're, they're in the bathroom being all like like upset. And these three girls come out of the stalls. And they're obviously like the cool girls. Because they're smoking in the bathroom. And one of them was like, hey, at least he was happy when he died. Now people notice him. I'd do anything. Basically, she's like, who the fuck cares if you die as long as people notice you? And then she yeah, puts her cigarette out on the wall, and there's a little explosion. It's very funny. I'm, sh- I'm yeah. It's very silly. It is very silly. Um, and her name is Sakino, so she does have a bigger part in this movie. And there is an entire chapter dedicated to her in the manga. Mm-hmm. Um, so I may not ruin all the details for the people who are interested in it. Yeah. but that's how her I know. Her does that- have cool visuals towards the end of the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. like which. I think what happens to her happens starts happening to Kiri in the book, if it I does. read correctly. Yes. But they kind of supersede it. Yes. And, of course, uh, so Sekino is actually, um, sorry, I'm backtracking her. She's played by Hinako uh, Sekai, who actually uh, plays Sadako in Raisin. So not the original Ringu, but it was a sequel to Ringu. Uh, so she plays Sadako. So she is one of the actresses who has played Sadako, who Ooh. is very, very famous and uh, horror films, because, of course, that's the ring or Ringu. Uh, she also was um, 
and Assault Girls and Ultraman X, as well as My Date with a Vampire. So she's had some credits under her belt, which is pretty cool. Yes. And then um, after school, Kiri meets with Shutsuchi. Suichi. The only reason I know is because she goes, Suichi Kun. But um, Mm -hmm. so I was like, wait, how do I say his name? Um, So he's basically telling Kiri that the town is cursed by Uzumaki. And her stalker is looking on, and he's, like, putting his fingernails into, like, a wooden wall. It's very creepy, um, but kind of funny. And um, he kind of explains that his dad's lost touch with reality and now only obsesses about Uzumaki. And he surrounds himself, and there's a really cool visual where his dad's, like, sitting in a room, and, like, everything is covered in Uzumaki spirals. And he, he's his him and his mom are kind of at their wit's end. His mom's name is Yuki. She's played by Kiko takahashi who was in games door fumiko no umi are her like top credits but she's done she's very prolific she's done a lot of things and i think she is still acting in japan which is awesome um they're just kind of at their wits end and um his dad kind of like he i by the way i'm so glad this movie kind of cleared up what the um little spiral things in people's soup are in uh, anime I thought it was like a like a fancy radish that just happened to have a naturally occurring spiral. I was like, that's insane. No, it's like fish. It's like like it's kind of like imitation crab kind of thing where they take a bunch of different fish and put it together and then they make it look like that. So I was like, makes a lot, a lot more sense now. Cool, awesome. Um, so he he's so excited because there's spiral patterns, but then he um, finishes his spiral pattern fish and. Um, he makes, uh, his miso soup spiral by going super extra fast. And then, uh, and I'm kind of skipping some stuff just for time's sake. Um, when Yuki, uh, throws out all of his spiral shit, he's, he makes his eyes spin of their own accord, which is, I think, a bigger thing in the manga, it seems like. Um, because it only really happens to him and maybe, like, one or two other people in the movie. He's really the big one you notice it with, though. Um, although weird things happen to eyes as you go in. And that kind of brings us to part two, which is called Erosion. Um, which obviously, it's the erosion of everyone's sanity. And the, okay, this one was, I didn't get it the first time I watched it. But the first thing that happens is they're, like, in science class. And there's a guy that shows up and he's, like, covered in snail secretions. And he's basically, like, turning into a snail. Which is really bizarre. And he gets slime all over the popular boys that, this was 2000, so they all kind of look like they're trying to be, like, the Backstreet Boys. So I thought that was very funny. This is kind of where the movie starts turning more sinister, too. Like, it's not as funny anymore. It's not too, like, there's still some comedy to it, so it's not so tone deaf. And then we've got probably the creepiest scene. Do you want to tell us? I liked this scene. I think it was executed very well. Yeah, it is. So, um, so Suichi, um, so Suichi stands her up in the tunnel because she meets, she meets Suichi, I think, halfway so they can ride on his bike to get her home. And the reason he stands her up is because him and his mom are talking to a doctor because, of course, um, without saying it, they're definitely looking to have his dad committed at this point. And so she tries to call him, and as she's calling Suichi, we see the phone is ringing in his house, and Suichi's dad's at the house, and he's digging for drawers looking for something. Um, so she mm-hmm. goes on home, and her own father's like, hey, can you bring this uh, pottery to him um, that he requested? Um, and she obviously yeah. has reservations. She's very uncomfortable, but of course it's her dad asking her to do this, so she does it. 
Um, and so she, and there's a really, really cool fade out. So we see a face mm-hmm. and we know it's Carrie's face, um, but it's mm-hmm. like kind of transposed onto the film. It kind of gives it yeah. this really kind of ghostly look to it. Yeah. Cause yeah. they do this wide shot, which is a very smart way to do it because they do show you some horrific things that are about to happen later on in the movie, but they kind of keep it close to the chest during this part is they have a wide shot of her walking into the building with her face superimposed, which is very Lynchian, very eraser head, um, very uh, season three of Twin Peaks with people's faces just in space. It's a, there's a whole character with the actor died before they filmed season three. And basically he's just a floating head in the movie, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and she, she, um, I just, yeah, I think it's really cool when they do that. And you see her go into the building and then you see, uh, shoot Chi and Yuki hear her screaming, and you don't really see what she's screaming about. They go to meet her, and she's already discovered what's horrible, which is in the washing machine. And yeah, we uh, basically, obviously, it's really despicable because uh, she looks horrified, and his mom starts vomiting. And uh, yeah. this is part where I thought the actress who played Kiri actually did a really good job just looking horrified. Because she's just kind of backed into a corner. And um, so obviously something has happened to the, Mr. Saito. And um, at the funeral, there's this spiral smoke that just freaks Yuki out. And it's very strange in the sky. It's very ominous. And she basically just faints and has a mental breakdown and is sent to the hospital. And it... Ends up in Dragonfly Pond, which is a local pond in the city. So, Suichi again tells Kiri that the town is cursed and they need to get out. And it's like, yeah, obviously. But she rebuffs it because she's like, your mom needs a few days. So, Suichi meets with, um, so he's a reporter. I I assumed he was a detective, but I guess that makes more sense that he's a reporter. Oh, yeah, that's what he says. It's not for a story, I promise. Also, okay. his character on IMDb is literally called Reporter Tomorrow Ichiro, uh, which is that why I knew for sure. Because you see, he acts more like a detective. Um, did you write down the actor? No, did you? Oh, I did, yeah. This this character apparently uh, made more of an impact on me, I guess. Masami Horiuchi, who, was in, who mm-hmm. I think was in all the Ultraman series. Uh, Long Dream, which is by the same director uh homecoming and he was in the mini series of perfect blue which i didn't know there was a mini series of perfect blue but that's cool oh now i don't know if and it's, I don't think it's, it said perfect blue mini series but i don't know if it's related to the movie or if it just happens of the same name this character i don't believe was in the manga so this this character was created for this movie by the way so he's like a reporter and the reason he um is at the funeral is because Mr. Saito came to him a few weeks ago asking about town history and he wouldn't stop talking about Uzumaki. So when he heard about this death, which at the funeral, nobody really knows how he died. They're like, was it suicide? Was it a heart attack? Oh, there was a closed coffin. So, you know, it was horrific, but nobody really knows how he died. Um, And ever since he's been kind of like following this story and he just wants to know why he died the way he died. And so they, they share with him, the um, video footage because he was taking videos up until the point where he died. And it's very weird because before he gets into the washing machine, he literally, like, puts a mirror in it. Which, 
I think the mirrors, they go more into it in the manga, but they do kind of explain it through this character, um, which we'll get into that in a couple minutes. But um, it's very weird, and it's very, like, found footage creepy because you just see him, like, see himself in the mirror. And um, the reporter drives Kiri home, and, and she's just really worried about uh, Shuichi. And um, he's like, I think you're a real comfort to him, no matter what he says. Like, he's just kind of, like, it's obviously he cares about you and you make him happy. So don't be worried about what you think he feels about you. Um, and they encounter her dad just in the middle of the road. Um, covered in mud because he went to Dragonfly Pond and now he's crazy. Which wasn't just me or was there like a tongue or something sticking out of his mouth? Yes, like, there, there was. was something yeah. weird sticking out of his mouth and then like the next scene it goes back to normal. It was very yes, weird. Yes, exactly. It it was, yeah. yeah. So it's like it messes with you. Yeah, absolutely. His tongue was yeah. sticking out of his mouth in a spiral. It's very creepy. And she kind of just starts having nightmares about the washing machine and she sees herself spiralized in the washing machine, which is really gross, but cool looking. Um, cause it's like basically her face in the middle and then just like a spiral made of skin. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, and she wakes up and her dad's, her dad's obsessively making Uzumaki pottery and like staring into the fire. And he's like really unusually angry. Cause like the scene before with them at dinner, like, like she's a, or, you know, her mom's dead, but they're very close and he's obviously a very loving parent, and so it's very throwing her off. And Yuki is now terrified of spirals, and she sees the little whorls in her fingerprints on her fingers, and she chops it all off. Yeah. And shaves her hair, which they, they're a little vague on the hair shaving in the movie. They don't really show her shaving her hair, just that her face is wrapped in bandages later. Um, but in the play, I, I mean, not the play, the manga, I think they talk more about, like, what she actually does to herself. And we go to school, and Kiri's, like, suffering because she's so stressed out. She forgets that there's a biology test, and her friend's like, you're kind of acting like the girl from another planet right now because you're just, like, not, you know, paying attention because of all the stress. And then there's all these boys drinking, like, just gallons of water. And then um, the girl, the bad girl from class... Um, has just this strange spiral pattern in her hair that she's ne- it's almost like of its own accord spiraling and it's very yeah. creepy and um, then we get kind of some answers from the reporter not a ton I don't know he kind of like he goes t- it's it's a little bit of like a fact find mission like montage because like obviously everything's in Japanese so unless you can read Japanese it's kind of like you just get a couple little subtitles like ancient mirrors found in dragonfly pond the word for serpent and mirror are basically the same character but different meanings and so that's kind of the explanation you get is basically the town is cursed by ancient mirrors in dragonfly pond apparently which is i guess why the spiral went down which i think in the manga there's even there's like maybe like ancient ruins or something or is it just yeah. mirrors in the manga? No, so there's no mirrors in the manga. So there is. So um, the if you think this movie's ending is weird, the fucking manga's ending gets batshit crazy. But yeah, it's more like there's ruins. Or she has to like city. go into yeah. like the middle of the earth, like like yeah, like the earth opens up and they have to go into there. 
in yeah, the and it's like Suishi like theorizes that or theorizes that this has happened repeatedly throughout time. That like maybe there's towns every so often they get overtaken by the spiral, and so it's doomed to repeat itself over and over again. Yeah, because it's a spiral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it it never ends. Yeah. Because if you're always moving the spiral, it will never end. Yes. Um, and yeah, so he he calls Suichi and is like, "Hey." I need to talk to you, like, right now. And he's at the hospital visiting his mom with Kiri, and Kiri hasn't seen his mom since the funeral, and she's, like, he's, like, throwing away all the food that might have a spiral pattern. He's like, oh, we, you want this pie? Because we can't bring it into my mom. And she's like, no, I'm good, kid. And after he gets off the phone with the reporter, he starts seeing a spiral pattern in front of his eyesight, and he's like, oh, fuck, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And, um, uh, this is a weird scene it's kind oh, of well, he, well you do grotesque. need to mention so it, it's i do like this because i kept in time that suichi almost has like a sixth sense about the spirals and he finds a picture a chart of the inner ear and it's like oh shit if mom sees this like she's gonna freak out because there's a spiral in the ear so he rips the chart off the wall which of course comes into play later but yeah this yes. is a weird scene so yeah so mr tamora is driving to meet the kids and while they're waiting for him to show up, um, uh, Yamaguchi shows up again and is like, surprise, be my girlfriend. And Suyuchi is kind of like, uh, yeah, fuck no. And they start fighting, basically. And Yamaguchi runs away and he literally runs in front of Mr. Tamura's car and is like going, surprise! And he runs over him, um, killing himself in the impact because he hits the windshield so hard that his eyeball is in the middle of a spiral pattern of the glass breaking. And then uh, Yam- poor Yamaguchi has been spiralized around the tire. And yes. it's pretty gross. And I will but say this. Cool. I will say this really quick. So there, this is one of my favorite chapters. And this is spoilers for this chapter of the manga. Um, but Yamaguchi has a very similar storyline. So they call him, what's funny is they call him Jack in the Box. That's like the nickname they give him, give him because he, and oh, they, yeah. yeah. So they call him Jack in the Box. I forgot to say the and, Jack in the Box because he gives him a Jack. She, he tries to give Kiri a Jack in the Box. Yes. And, which has a spiral, obviously. It's, it's on the spring. Exactly. <laughs> And then he just jumps everywhere. Um, so much like his movie counterpart, he meets the same fate. However, what happens is because the spirals keep happening um, when bodies are being cremated, all the citizens decide to stop cremating their loved ones. So instead they start burying them, which is uncommon in the city. So mm-hmm. um, Suichi, like, or no, it's Kiri, I think, hears his voice, hears Yamaguchi's voice and realizes she's haunted by him. So, her and Suichi get the bright idea to dig his body up, and it's already decomposing, and it starts chasing mm-hmm. them, okay? Which is already oh. scary enough. That, yeah, yes. Already scary enough, but it's decomposing, so it falls apart. But then, they oh. find out that there was, like, a tire spring was in the body, and it was undiscovered. And so, as oh, his no. body decomposes, it's only a tire spring left, so the body is, like, a literal jack-in-the-box chasing them. Oh, that's freaky. It's freaky. I cool, wish they though. could have kept it, but for practicality reasons, I know why they didn't. So, <laughs> yeah, that would have been hard to animate. Also, like I think at this point, everything's ramping up, and I think that yes. would have, like, action-wise, been almost a waste of time. Yeah, been like, why are we spending so much time on this person? Unless it happened. It... I'm sure it, it sounds like. Yeah. 
Junji Ito is extremely involved in the new adaptation. Um, so as they 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 kind of go to a lake, the two of them, the two survivors, and it's just kind of like a romantic. The music's playing again, and they're kind of like they embrace. They're worried about the curse, but they're kind of hopeful that eventually they might be able to leave. Um, and that brings us to part three, which is called Visitation. And, um, basically, Yuki, speaking of ears, is horrified when a millipede, this, I didn't like this part, there's a millipede and it tries to crawl into her ear and she has to rip it out. I think in the manga, like, it actually, like, caused her brain damage, her trying to remove it. In this movie, it's more of, it rips, she rips it out of her ear before it can do damage, but... She starts having visions, visitations, of her husband um, in a spiral calling her to do the spiral. And he's got this long spiral tongue. And this is the one that really reminded me of season three of Twin Peaks with, like, an eraser head, like, floating heads. Because his head's just kind of floating. He's got a long spiral tongue. And there's, like, all these, like, cosmic animation around him. It's very interesting. Um, Very creepy. And it basically drives her insane, and she dies, basically. And uh, she's cremated, and after her death, the spiral smoke starts showing faces of the dead. And it's very creepy. It's very cool visual, but it's very creepy. And then, um, speaking of the snails from earlier, the students and the teachers have, like, started to turn into snails. And you see the biology teacher from the beginning like, drinking gallons and gallons of water as he's watching a news program about, like, all the goings-on in the town. And, like, you see his back start to, like, crack and grow. And then you see his eyes, and they look like snail's eyes. It's very creepy. And, uh... Oh, and there's a typhoon approaching, which it has a spiral pattern. Because that's how a typhoon looks like. So, and, like, everyone's obsessively drawing spirals on their tests. And, oh, and the girl with the spiral hair, her hair gets, like, eight times as big as her. And she's just, like, walking down the hall. Like, I'm so cool, everyone notices me. Um, and basically, at this point, Kiri and uh, Suchi are like, let's get the fuck out of here. But they're like, wait, let's get Kiri's dad first. <sighs> Which is sad. In the in his workshop, there's just all this spiral pottery everywhere. Yeah. And they can't really... They're, you know, trying to get him. And, unfortunately, Tsuchi uh, starts succumbing to the spiral. And his legs grotesquely start twisting into a corkscrew spiral. And he's like, it's too late for me, Kiri. And she doesn't want to leave him, obviously. And she's very sad. And she's kind of holding him as he dies. And, um, she, he basically tells her to leave with his dying breath. And then his corpse wakes back up because maybe this is what they were taking from the other thing. Maybe this is, they took the, the tire thing from Yamaguchi and just decided to use it for this character. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, cause he comes back to life and kind of and he's like join the spiral and then like we just devolve into this series of animation like not even animation so much as illustrations of everybody in the town and their fates and they're very beautiful 
but it's very sad. Yeah, so we see, like, Sakino's hair is wrapped around a power pole that seemed to electrocute her, which is, like, directly taken from the manga. Um, the reporter, because, mm-hmm. you know, we see the reporter, um, I will say this, so the reporter actually plays a large part in the second and final half of the manga. So I think they were like, oh, because this character is going to be important, let's include her. But we see her and her cameraman's dead bodies apparently snow-like. Um, we see the dead officer, which I think people think is Yuki's dad, because we know he's the officer because of the way he's dressed, because he has that black outfit and the white, and it looks yeah. like um, Ito's poster is near his dead body. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But it looks like his eyes drilled through. And then we see uh, Suichi's warped dead body, as well as a chair in the middle of Dragonfly yeah. Pond. Yeah, and uh, we do see uh, Kiri tr- like, kind of trying to... It's, it's hard to tell from the illustration if she's dead or if she's just still trying to escape and it's trying to get a hold of her because her legs yeah. look very emaciated and it basically ends with where it began like a spiral yep. with Kiri's eyes and her saying the same thing I'm going to tell you the story about my town and the strange happenings and yeah so it's again very Lynchian with like uh, start in the ear end in the ear start with the eye end with the eye a spiral pattern um, there's a lot to unpack here what do you think did you have any was there was there anything you want to start with pros or start with cons? Um, this is hard. Uh, this one's hard for me. So, cause as I told you, I I remember watching this like I was probably like a young teenager. I think I was like maybe thirteen when I saw this movie, and I remember being terrified of this movie. And I was like, and I thought this may mm-hmm. happen rewatching it as an adult. I may not found it scary, um, and. I was correct in that assumption, so I did not enjoy it <laughs> as much the second time around. Um, I, that's okay. Uh, I still think it's an interesting movie. Um, I, I think there's a lot of really great visuals. That's probably my favorite part. Um, I feel like mainly, um, even if I hadn't read the graphic novel, I don't find Kiri a very likable heroine. I don't think the actress portraying her was very strong. Um, and I think that's hard when you have a character that the large part of the action revolves around. The same thing for the actor who plays Suichi. I don't find him very dynamic. Um, I think I understand completely. I think it was a very purposeful choice to make it more goofy and having some over, over the top acting like Yamaguchi does a lot of this, like, I really like you, like this kind of gesture with his yeah. hands and stuff. I just yeah, which I, I liked that because it's so yeah. purposeful. I'm yeah. like, if you have to use young actors and you're having trouble finding good ones, it's better to make them overact and do it purposefully and fix it in editing. I think than try to get something out of them that just doesn't exist. I think it's yeah. hard also because this was adapted from a comic book, and I think. A lot of times when people adapt manga, they think of it as adapting anime, but it's a lot harder to adapt anime in the live action format, if that makes sense. Yes. So, no, I, I, think I agree. It's a very big, yeah, I think it's a cultural, I think it's a cultural thing, and I think that's interesting. Um, and sometimes I like it. Like, I felt like with House, it was done in such a well way that it made the movie charming. I wasn't quite charmed in the same way with this maybe because it gets too depressing towards the end that's the okay so i definitely had a more positive experience with this movie but again i hadn't seen it before i don't think i wasn't really like scared of it 
Like, it yeah. didn't, it did creep me out, and there was a lot of body horror that gave me, like, the creepy crawlies, but it didn't, like, scare me, although I did think twice before watching it before going to bed. Um, yeah. But I like all the, like, obscure, like, Lynchian and house vibes that the editing and music choices all have. Um, and I lo- I really liked the body horror. I thought it was yeah. very interesting. And it's very unique. Even though there is a lot of homaging, like, the finished project- product is unique. I feel like there's so much comedy up front and they don't yeah. maintain the insanity like house remains silly even towards the end it's so over the top like at the end where like she's in like the geisha outfit and there's just music blaring the da 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 and the and the stepmom comes and there's like her her scarf is blowing in the wind and the cat's there and it's like sunrise like it's even the last moments are just absolutely Exaggerated, and it makes sense because it has like a. Even though it's a, it starts out one way, it, it kind of is consistent. This one kind of loses the yeah. chaotic comedy towards the end and becomes maybe a little too serious. Like the 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 part that I honestly didn't like was the end part with the animation because it was so uh not dynamic. It was so like stale. Because it's just like, here's a picture, here's a picture, here's a picture. And I would have preferred either seeing those things happen. Because it just seemed like they ran out of time or budget. And they were just like, we're just going to show pictures. Yeah. And, and it I just kinda, seemed kind of weird. I kind of like that part. I wish they and had depressing. done. I wish they had done more with it than maybe just like the four pictures they decided to do. Um, but I, I like that part. See, I didn't like, I felt more so... Not just in the manga, because obviously it it becomes very uh, muddled when you compare something too close to its original source. And obviously with this one, it ran into yeah. kind of a Game of Thrones situation where the manga wasn't done completing its run. But with both the movie and the manga, these things happen slowly to the citizens. So it seems really weird that out of nowhere, mm-hmm. Suichi's body suddenly just starts twisting. Like, if it was, like, one foot twisted and then, like, the leg, but it's like, oh, no, it got me! Like, I don't, it felt, like, rapid. I think it was because it was ramping up because he, I got the feeling, like, I know that he has, like, premonitions in the beginning, but when he saw the spiral pattern in his eyesight after getting off the phone with the reporter, I saw that as his impending doom, that the spiral was coming for him next because his parents are both dead now. You know, that's what I saw, so I thought it was a little more foreshadowed. I don't know. But it just did seem like they were ramping up, and, like, his body's twisting, and she's, like, what'll happen? And then it just goes, like, still images. Here's a slideshow. And I was like, I feel like we could have skipped the slideshow and just gone to her eye. I see, I felt like they didn't... Even though it was cool art. They didn't know how it It was cool art. Yeah. I don't think they knew how to end it, is what I really felt like. Yeah. Like, maybe they could have shown that art during the credits. Yeah, that would have been cool if they had the done... Maybe they were wanting... Because it's still... Kiri's faith is so ambiguous. Like, even after the slideshow, we see Suichi's body. Um, but we don't really know what's going on with Kiri. You know, I don't know. It just seemed such a weird way to end the movie. Yeah, I think it, it is a little bit Game of Thrones. We're like, well, it's not finished, so pick an ending. Um, 
which is hard. But at least it's just a movie and not a yeah. seven, eight season yeah. story arc <laughs> that we've committed so much time into. Um, and I also, like, I bother, the music thing bothers me with the house music because I'm like, did they steal it? Or is it just really common and I just don't know enough? Um, and I also think, I agree with you, it kind of suffers from being live action because there's a lot of body horror you couldn't do practically and it would have looked really silly with CGI at this time in the year 2000. Um, but I like what they do do with the body horror. Like, I love her body in the washing machine was really creepy. The centipede, the millipede, centipede, whatever it is. I did not like that. I do not like things going into my ear. Ugh. Um, and I, I loved the look of it, how they kind of made it look like the manga, because they had this overall, like, green-gray wash yeah. over the town. But in the beginning, and when Kiri's, like, all happy-go-lucky, there's pops of red, and it looks a lot more normal. Like, when she's at home with her daddy and dinner, it's not as green, and it looks more like just a normal color palette. Um, and there's a lot of pops of red at the beginning. And then the color gets drained out of the movie as things get crazier and crazier. Which is interesting because I feel like in most movies you would see more splashes of color as things get crazy because things are, like... I guess maybe it's the spiral thing because, like, usually you think of, like, things getting chaotic and it's, like, an outward um, movement and a spiral is an inward movement. So maybe it's, like, the spiral sucking all the color out of the town. Um, And also I think they're just trying to make it look like the manga. I also love the camera work, which the cinematographer I did write down was uh, Gen Kobayashi. And it's so claustrophobic and really creepy that it just kind of adds to the paranoia and menace. And I love the comedic stuff at the beginning. It just, it kind of loses the consistency. However, this movie's only an hour and 41 minutes. So... I think if you're if you want to watch some weird body horror, um, this one's great, a great choice. I do think House I like better. Yeah, but I think this one, I think House knows what it's doing completely, and this one, like seventy five percent of it, they knew what they were doing, and then twenty five percent of it, they're like, I don't know. Then there are snails crawling up a building. Cool, like yeah, it's a little wishy washy at the end, but generally, I liked it. Yeah, I I do. What I do like is the Lovecraftian horror of it that we don't really know mm-hmm. what's going on. We're like, we we don't really get answers, and sometimes I like that better in movies. Um, mm-hmm. I will say personally, I recommend sticking to the manga. Now, if you don't want to compare it to the manga, then it's it's probably a, a decent standalone movie. Um, I don't think it's an awful movie. I, I it's. It's watchable. Like, I mean, I it held my interest while I watched it. I guess I was just underwhelmed um, watching it. Mm-hmm. But I do like the idea of the manga because, yes, there's only 20 chapters, but it's often treated like short stories. Um, and I kind of like that idea because there is a certain... There's a certain rhythm to the stories, and there's a certain rhythm and comedy to some of the... It's darkly funny in a lot of chapters. And Mm -hmm. I think this movie did have that at the beginning. Um, And then I think it was kind of like throwing spaghetti and just seeing, okay, what can stick? Um, Yeah. 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 It wasn't awful. I, I don't mean it like that. Like it's 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 definitely interesting. It's visually really really cool. I mean, 
Hell, I, you could take a screenshot of probably anything in this movie, and it'd be really cool to look at. So, what is your out of ten rating? Now I'm really curious. Uh, six and a half. Really, I gave it a an eight. Oh, wow. I loved it. Okay. It's unique. I liked it. It was interesting. Maybe more of a 7.5. I didn't want to give it a 7 for sure because everything's been a 7. Yeah. But I definitely think even though the acting's kind of it works because of the directing and editing and the art style is just so freaking good that I loved it. But I'm a sucker for really like a strong art style. That sucks me in. I do think there's a true vision in this movie. And yeah. I'm I'm kind of disappointed because it's like when I saw House and I was like, I love this. This is batshit insanity. I love it. But House is way more enjoyable, though. If you're going to watch a batshit, crazy, scary, visually interesting Japanese movie, watch House. Yeah. It's, it's definitely my favorite. This is definitely something you should see, though. I feel bad that not more people talk about this movie because it is very yeah. interesting. It's um, interesting, yeah. I would I would agree with that. I would say it's worth watching. Um, I like Japanese cinema, though. I, I was an anime kid, um, so naturally, yeah. I think. On that note, did you have a grind? Any other things you wanted to mention? Anything of that nature? I don't, but I do have my Grindhouse Girls rating. I did have rated S. For snails, spirals, <laughs> and squeaky clean body horror because of the washing machine. You know what's funny is that I had rated S for snails and shop signs. I like it. So I guess we're doing mine because it's kind of both of ours. Yes. That's, I mean, I like this movie. I'm glad we watched it. It was one of those me that too. it's been like mentioned to me many times. Well, let me know when you're ready to go on to the next week. I am. I am ready to go on to the next week. So, as Katie likes to say, this is Brit's Pick of the Week. Brit's Pick of the Week. Yes. So, I actually mentioned <laughs> so. uh, this movie to to Katie because um, it was about maybe two, three weeks ago. Um, my husband ha- said, there is a movie and I am looking for it because... Someone on TikTok that he he liked the video of recommended this movie. I was like a little hesitant. I was like, okay. He's like, can we watch this movie? Can we watch this movie? So we watched this movie, and it is kind of scary, really quirky, kind of romantic, very funny. So, um, so we are taking on 2020 spontaneous. Um, I really liked it. It, it's, I will get into it. It's not a perfect movie, but it's a movie that I am very surprised because if it wasn't for Taylor, I don't think I heard anything about this. I had heard of this one, but I kind of thought it looked like too much of a teen rom-com. But now that you say that you liked it, I'm, uh, ready to watch it. You said it's streaming on Hulu? It is, and for some reason, I thought we watched it on Netflix, but when I looked it up, it does show that it is currently on Hulu, so. The next week, we will be watching Spontaneous on Hulu. Yes! <laughs> With that, I think we are going to have to say goodnight, y'all. Um, be safe. Wear your mask. Get your booster shot if you can. Unless they're short in your area, then let people get their first shots first. Um... 
take care of yourselves and one another. Uh, thank you for all the likes and comments and subscriptions and followings. Um, we're going to try to add some more stuff to the books, but we are working out the technical details. Um, but we just appreciate you spending time with us and listening to us and giving us a place to spout our movie um, opinions on. I tried to talk about the new terrible Cinderella movie with somebody and they didn't get the Rodgers and Hammerstein references today, which is why I have a podcast about movies because y'all get me. By the way, it's terrible. Anyways, um, so don't watch that, but watch uh, our new movie, uh, Spontaneous, and make sure you check back with us next week. Um, Take care of your fur babies. Hug them tight. And wear a mask and just take your vitamins and wash your hands. Yes, absolutely. Be careful kids. We love you. Everything Katie said. um, And then also, as my weekly reminder, please drink some water, guys. It is so important. You do not want kidney infections. You do not want uh, UTIs. Drink that water and drink a lot of it. Hydration is very important. It's very key. Um, as Katie said, uh, take your vitamins. Please eat some fruits and vegetables. I hate to talk to you guys like you're my 14-year-old nephew, but yeah. sometimes you just need a gentle reminder to That's eat things that are good for you, too. Um, like Katie yeah. suggested, uh, you can cut up zucchini, you said, and put in stuff? Yeah, I had to okay. cut that out, but okay. if you if you shred zucchini and other vegetables into, like, pasta sauces like red sauce ragu you'll never notice it you'll never notice. also meatloaf that is shred vegetables and put it in meatloaf you'll never notice it that's a tip from someone Add who it likes to meatballs. To cook. so take take that tip and use. i it. love cooking yes and i'm bad at making myself eat vegetables because i never i love salad but if i buy it at home it sits in my fridge for days because i forget about it and then when i want to eat it it's already expired and i'm pissed yep so that's how i make myself eat vegetables as i cook it in something that won't go bad yes so zucchini is just really easy because it doesn't have a strong taste yes it's pretty neutral yeah and it shreds nicely yes and yeah so i agree so please please do that um as always thank you guys um for spending some part of your day with us. If you're on your morning commute, I hope you have a great day at work. If you're coming home at the end of the day, look, you made it. Good job. We're so proud of you. Congratulations. Um, congratulations. You um, you're listening to this on Wednesday. Congratulations. You're halfway for your work week. Um, so unless Ooh. you work the weekends, in which case we salute you. Um, so both yeah, guys, been there, done that. You've been sucks. there, done that. It's awful. Thank you so much, Oof. though, because we do need people in the world to work on Saturdays and Sundays. So thank you so much for mm-hmm. what you do. Um, be nice that, to your healthcare workers. Yes, too. be be nice to your fast food employees too. Like healthcare workers, they are doing an impossible job. Uh, fast Grocers. food workers, they don't they don't get paid enough for you to yell at them about the McDouble. So please yes. don't. Anyone um, who works in the service industry right now who couldn't stay home during the pandemic, it's still going on, and you don't need to be mean to people. Stop being a Karen. Yeah. Just be nice. And wear a mask if you're going into someone else's business. If not, have your food delivered. DoorDash exists yep. for people like you. Yes. And on that note, guys, um, thank you again so much. We love you. Please stay safe out there. Take love care of each you. other. And as always, we look forward to seeing you next time. Um, Same swoopy time, Mm -hmm. same swoopy channel. Stay Stay swoopy, (laughs) y'all. Good night. Good night, Katie. Or good day. Good night, Brett. Bye. Bye, Bye, puppies. Say bye. Bye, kitties. (laughs) Bye. The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production 
by Katie Dale and Brittany Ray and edited by Katie Dale. All music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.